This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. 60 minutes of insight and analysis on the Volunteers and Titans. Powered by the Outkick Network. This is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. And we are back. Another edition of the Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, reminding you to enjoy responsibly. 45.5% alcohol by volume. Great over the holidays. And this is a special holiday edition of the Tennessee Power Hour as we recap another Titans loss and continue to look ahead to Tennessee in the Orange Bowl against Clemson. Recruiting, a lot going on. Austin Price, at Austin Priceless on Twitter. Avon3, VolQuest, he's going to join us later in the show. A special guest on this special holiday edition. Chad is dressed as Santa, and he had me dressed as an elf. That's right. I even gained 75 pounds in the last couple of weeks just to play the role of Santa properly. And now Hutton will do the remainder of this podcast episode from my lap. And that's what we all wanted this holiday season. Chad is my Tim Allen. Yes. By the way, I have gone on a tear watching all the Santa Claus movies lately. Yes. Which is the best one? I never saw a single one. And I didn't realize the first one was 1994. Which blew me away that it's that old. Two and the Santa Claus. Well, we started. We go in reverse order. We watched the Santa Clauses, the new show on Disney Plus, with Tim Allen having replacement Santa Clauses. And then I said, you know, we need to go back and watch the original. So over the weekend, watch the original. And since then, my seven-year-old daughter has watched both the Santa Claus Two and the Santa Claus Three, and then also intersperses those Santa Clauses episodes. We'll get into all this with Austin Price later, who yes. loves all things Christmas holiday season. Uh, but first, Hutton, got to talk Titans. Four-game losing streak now. They played hard. They fought well. The defense showed up. The defense looked a lot better than that Jacksonville game. All of these things happened, but they still lost. We discussed this uh, post-game on Sunday. The Titans were unraveling, and now they have unraveled. And I think that's the, that's the biggest issue in the four-game losing streak because last week they got embarrassed by Jacksonville. The week before that, embarrassed. The Chargers opening drive on Sunday had the feeling of, oh, here we go again. 14 plays, over eight minutes, time of possession, seven points. After that drive, the Titans defense managed to get stops until late in the second half. And unlike the game against Jacksonville, the Titans made the huge plays before halftime and they held the Chargers off the board. The offense looked like it could get uh, you know, shut out, though. With, with Tannehill. He got hurt it on that was. first possession. But they kept battling. And By then the Tannehill way, when Tannehill came went out, I thought for sure this team is cooked. Yeah, I did too. Once Malik Willis came in and they're yeah. down 7 nothing. Yeah, I, I did too. I thought the game was over. But they, they kept battling. Tannehill came back. He was playing hurt, playing injured, gave them a chance. We saw how the, the, the score at the end happened with him going 6-for-6 six six on that final drive. For me, the effort today from the, the, the Titans, today I'm thinking... The effort that we saw in Los Angeles, we shouldn't that that should not be overlooked. That was not a team that I felt like threw in the towel. Agreed. Um, it was more of a Titans like Mike Vrabel performance. They played like we expect them to play. And I'm specifically just talking about the heart, the leadership, the the execution, especially defense and special teams. But the problem is, much like Kansas City and Cincinnati, the effort and the heart. It's not enough to overcome an offense that struggles way too often and cannot match talent for talent on the opposite sideline on the offensive side. That's what ultimately happened here, and that's why we're looking at this like, well, um, it's good, not great. No, there's nothing good about it. There, there's no like some, some type of moral victory with this. Four-game losing streak, and now they're looking in the, in the rearview mirror and the Jags are sitting in the back seat. They're not sitting a few car lengths behind. Yeah, and it's, it, what's really bad about it is, and I'm with you, the, the effort the defensively was much better. They came up with a big drive. Like, there were some nice takeaways from this game, but ultimately nothing nice about it because 
They had every opportunity to steal really, one on really the road bad. that would have been huge coming off that Jags win over the Cowboys. We'll talk about what this means to the division a little bit later. Right now, though, I want to talk about Two Rivers Ford. In-stock inventory is back at Two Rivers. Truckloads of vehicles they've been waiting for all year have finally made it onto the lot. F-150s, Explorers, Edges, Escapes. Two Rivers Ford has them all in every color, every trim level, with every available option. And don't forget, Two Rivers Ford sells all non-specialty new Fords below MSRP. So you're always going to get a great price. And when it comes to financing, Two Rivers is offering great rates this month, starting at just 2.9%. And I love to mention that when you do business with Two Rivers Ford, you're doing business with a local dealer that's been around since 1983. With an A-plus rating for the Better Business Bureau, these are great people. You're going to be in good hands, and you're gonna when you deal with them, they're going to make it easy on you. So go online, tworiversford.com. Give them a call, 1-800-900-1000, or go see their non-commissioned sales team in Mount Juliet. But whatever you do, do it fast before the in-stock inventory is gone. Two Rivers Ford, powered by Ford, driven by people. Hutton, this Titans offense is one that needs some power. They're not giving this team any chance, game in and game out right now. No, and it doesn't matter who's available or who's not. The, the Titans offense, 28th in points per possession. They are 31st in scoring drive efficiency, and that measures the percentage of drives that you get points on. And the Titans' second-half offense averaging 0.95 points per possession. That's the lowest of any offense in the NFL since 2014. That's how bad this is. And this is an offense, Chad, that has routinely started fast. We More times than not, we have seen a nice plan, but the the consistency isn't there. There are way too many penalties. Um, there, there's no one to lean on on either tackle position, either because one's a rookie going through a, a rookie wall or the, the other option is just the worst Titans player on the 53-man roster right now with Dennis Daly. They try Raidens out. He gets hurt. And they were rotating them to begin with, where Radians was going to take the second quarter. And I thought he played okay until the injury. But there are just no answers here. And I, I, there is a bewilderment look to this roster right now in the locker room that, uh, that deer in the headlights. There are no answers. And you can say, well, play callings this, play callings that. There are no answers with the execution either. And that's the biggest concern there's no one stepping up to make a play like we see on defense. You mentioned penalties. First play of the game, oh. it, just indicative of the problems with this Titans team, penalty-wise, but offensive line-wise. Ben Jones, a leader, gets a 15-yard chop block penalty to start the game, and it's a quick three and out. Titans have no chance to overcome things like that. And Hutton, I'm going to say a name right now that's going to cause Titans fans everywhere to squirm okay. a little bit. Todd Downing. Yes. Play calling, Todd Downing, that is – the chief talking point amongst Titans fans right now. There's a lot left to be desired. This roster offensively is not very good, but Todd Downing's not been very good either. No, and and they're not going to their best player in Derrick Henry. Vrabel doesn't have to say it when he's asked about it postgame. We all know what he's thinking here. You have the quote-unquote baddest man in the NFL, paying him $14 million a year, a, a guy that has uh, proven that he can carry your team. Now, he was in a bit of a slump. The offensive line has not been good. Henry himself has, has he's admitted he's not been good. But he was proving it against the Chargers and a Chargers defense that has allowed big yardage to the run game that he was fully typical, capable of taking over that game, Chad. The offense was down 7 nothing and lifeless. Henry had four touches, 63 yards, and a touchdown to tie the game. 11-yard run, 37-yard catch and run, 11-yard run, 4-yard run for the touchdown. The Titans had more possessions and opportunities than what they've had throughout the losing streak because the defense got the football back. But for whatever reason, even on short-yarded situations, they were not giving the football to Derrick Henry. And I, I'm tired of the, oh, it's a third down back time on, on the, the down and distance. Henry was your leading receiver. So if you're going to put a, a, a running back in, Hilliard's on IR. If you're going to put a running back in that's going to be capable of catching the football, you're already throwing it to 22 you're not handing the football off to him all that much. They went into the fourth quarter. He had 15 carries. I don't know why you're not calling his number more, especially when you've got to go on the road in the AFC and get a win and stay ahead of the Jacksonville Jaguars all of a sudden for the AFC South crown. And Hutton, it, there's no real third down identity offensively. I feel like it's a team no, that doesn't right. know what they even want to try to do on third down. It's not overly creative. And there's just some decisions personnel-wise and play-calling-wise that makes no sense. Well, they had 11 third-down plays. They gained a total of 10 yards 
on those plays. They passed the ball seven times on third and three or less. They ran five plays and they passed the ball three times. They they failed to convert on two third and twos. They only ran on third down when it was Tannehill on the touchdown. A draw, or, or you had Tannehill on the very first third down where he got hurt. Uh, they faced third and nine or more six times. They faced third and 11 or more four times. This is not an offense, and there's not many offenses that can pull it off. When the 10-yard penalties happen to this offense, the drive is over. They are not capable of picking up that yardage. They went one for three, though, on third and two or less, and that's where we have focused on with the podcast recently. They have, they've lost their identity on both sides of the ball. I felt like they got that back defensively this week with some plays and playmakers stepping up in the secondary. But, Chad, this is an offense that, even with their identity in the backfield that was producing, they didn't call his number enough. Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly. 45.5% alcohol by volume. Perfect to go with your holiday toddy with Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Um, This Titans football team, perfect to drink a toddy alongside while watching right now. We'll talk about the mood in the locker room around this Titans team when we return. This is the Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and powered by Outkick. From the hockey tonks to Rocky Top, the Tennessee Power Hour continues next. Cheers, Hunt. Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to greenbriardistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey and Nelson Brothers bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get Get you some some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And happy football season. Hey, it's Hutton. If you're in need of catering from big events to your weekend family gathering, my friends at Edley's Barbecue have you covered. They've been voted Nashville's best barbecue four years in a row, but I vouch for their Nashville-style barbecue far longer. From corporate meetings to box lunches to weddings, rehearsal dinners, and holiday gatherings, your neighborhood Edley's Barbecue location is where to turn. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue. Edley's Barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. From Nashville to Knoxville, Ball's news and analysis on the Tennessee Power Hour. We're back. Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier. Tennessee whiskey. Enjoy responsibly 45.5% alcohol by volume and powered by Outkick Hutton. Thinking of the holiday season, holiday gatherings going on everywhere. You're going to want some of that Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey. Yep. You're going to want something, though, to work up that yes. thirst. Something that, I don't know, maybe could be a little authentically Nashville barbecue. Yes, and authentic to all things Southern and across the state of Tennessee, you can find Edley's Barbecue. And they're a great last-minute option. If you're in need of catering 
from big events to your weekend family Christmas gathering, our friends at Edley's Barbecue, they've got you covered. They've been voted Nashville's best barbecue four years in a row. I've vouched for their Nashville-style barbecue for far longer. But look, from corporate meetings to box lunches to weddings, rehearsal dinners, holiday gatherings, big or small, your neighborhood Edley's Barbecue location, they'll take care of you. A tribute to all things Southern, authentic to all things Tennessee. They've got five locations now in the Middle Tennessee area. They're in Chattanooga, and they are across the South. You can find them and all of their great food and menu items and options for catering at edleysbbq.com. I want to talk about where this Titans team is mentally right now. Are they staying together? Are they still completely with it? Hudden, I know we watched uh, and heard a lot of post-game reaction from that Titans locker room from this game. When you hear some of it, when you look around at, at what was being said in L.A. after this game, what are your thoughts on, on where this Titans team is? I think Kevin Byard summed it up by saying, I don't know if we can beat any team right now. I don't know if we're good enough to, to win a game right now. I'm paraphrasing a bit there, but... Um, it looks like a when they're when they're speaking to the media post game. It looks like a very tired locker room. They're extremely banged up. That goes without saying. But for the first time, I think they are emotionally showing you how they feel through how they're answering some questions, and they know they don't have many answers, no matter what Vrabel is saying or what the coaching staff is saying week to week. They are not finding those plays down the stretch like they were when they started seven and three, and. It's been a roster that knows that they've got to have Tannehill. That's what happened whenever they had Malik Willis playing. But beyond that, it's also a, a group, a core group that knows they're not going very far. And quite frankly, they can say it now because the owner already said it by firing John Robinson when she did. Yeah, and, and that message from the owner when that happened, it was a clear, you're not good enough. That's yeah. the way I took it, right? I mean, this, this yes. is not going to cut it. So the GM that created this, you're out, and you guys aren't good enough to compete for a Super Bowl, so that's on the GM, though. I really think one way that Mike Vrabel could possibly come back and say, hey, it is about you guys. It is about this season. I've not lost hope. We're going to continue to fight and try to figure out new ways to be successful is to take Todd Downing's play-calling privilege away and give it to Tim Kelly, if only to try something different and infuse a little bit of spirit in the locker room and say, I'm not giving up on you guys. We can be better offensively. Here's what I'm doing to try to improve. Yeah, and the, I think the issue is Vrabel, has, he, he has been standing on this soapbox, and it's not really standing and shouting because he doesn't say much about play calling to begin with. But when he does, he points more to execution of the call than he does the actual call. And whenever he's asked directly about why doesn't Derrick Henry get the football on third and two when you face this twice in the game, and one time he's on the sideline, like, do you second guess that? He's like, that was the play that we called. And even even on Monday, he was discussing this, and he said, ultimately, it falls on me. I am signing off on every call. But behind the scenes, there has to be more answers than this. Um, this is a, an awful offense that is paired with a defensive system and scheme and coaching staff and quite frankly, role players stepping up and making plays that the offense can't do. I don't understand why you can set a bar that is reached in at least in, in some categories defensively on a weekly basis. But on offense, the weekly just floor is 14 to 17 points. Yeah. That's not going to win you games no matter how good you play. Case in point would be nine sacks against Joe Burrow in the playoffs last year. Great defensive effort. Didn't matter because the offense sucked. And it's, you know, same same type of description just in a worse situation uh, because they actually have Derrick Henry healthy. They actually have Ryan Tannehill playing through injury. And they have no answers because they traded away A.J. Brown. And on top of that, their offensive line got a lot worse, not better. Yeah, and this four-game losing streak, just how bad is it for the Titans when you look at it by the by, the numbers, but also teams they've lost to, and factoring everything in, they get a chance this upcoming uh, on Christmas Eve to stop this losing streak. But it's not been good. Well, here's the here's the real the, the numbers don't speak to everything because I'm not going to mention injuries. But in the losing streak, Chad, the Titans have scored just four, 15 points in the second half total. They've been outscored by 29 points. It's over four games, by the yeah, way. Yes. Uh, during the four-game losing streak, the Titans, the only team currently in the playoffs 
without a win since week 12. They've got the 0-4 record for that stretch, of course. They're averaging 15.5 points per game. That's an NFL worst over the last four games across the league. They're averaging just 300 yards per game. 76% of their drives have resulted in zero points. And they've allowed 328 passing yards per game defensively. And that's allowed teams to get back in it, win late, come up with a crucial play. And all of this is in spite of the fact that the Titans' defense has actually been really good at stopping the run no matter when they've been playing this season, including the four-game stretch here where they're losing. They're only allowing 77 yards per game on average on the ground. And that's against Travis Etienne and some other very capable backs like we've seen as well in Philadelphia. This is a, a defense that's doing its part regardless of the situation or circumstance in an offense that is just so inept and not with it with zero answers that's not capable of actually playing well on their best day. That's that's the biggest issue with why they've they've unraveled instead of they're just unraveling. Someone somewhere right now, Hutton, is listening to this podcast and they're saying, why are you guys so darn negative about this team? Just why are you always uh, so at least darn one person in, in my negative? There is someone right now listening and saying that either out loud to someone else they're listening to it with or they're saying it in their mind. Yes. Let's point to some positives. What are the few positives with this team right now during this four-game losing streak? Jigga Conquo, he ranks third among tight ends and yards since week nine. That's a very impressive stat for a rookie. But here's the problem. Since week nine, the leading receivers for the Titans are Chigakonkwo with 322 yards, Austin Hooper, 264, and then Derrick Henry is third at 239. Then you have Traylon Burks, who's missed the two full games now and the final three quarters of another. He's fourth on this list at 232 yards since week nine. Uh, 75 of the team's 129 completions in that span go to either a tight end or a running back. And I know we've talked about all season with the the wide receiver depth and production, but that's really where they have really tailed off in the past game. And, you know, this past week, you had catches for wide receivers, I think six total catches this past week against the Chargers. But the positives are the tight ends are actually stepping up and starting to develop more of uh, a role than what we saw early in the season. And they're giving them a chance to move the chains. Uh, but they've got... I don't know that you can be an NFL offense that wins more than you lose and that actually plays great offense when your leading receivers are at the tight end position. Yep. You've got to have a go-to player on the outside, and they do not have that. Well, their go-to guy is Derrick Henry. And it's every week, increasingly, we see this team is Derrick Henry or bust yes. offensively. And that's going to have to play out that way the rest of the way, right? Yes. I mean, you've got to have the defensive effort, yes. But the Titans have lost the last three games where Henry rushed for 100 or more yards. They were 26-3 and when he had 100 or more yards prior to the Kansas City game. And Henry's rushed for 1,300-plus yards already this season. He has a career high in receiving yards. But the team is 7-7. Seven and seven. And, I mean, he's their go-to player. He had 155 total yards combined against the Jags. They lost. And on Sunday against the Chargers, he had 163 total yards. He led the team in rushing and receiving, and they lost. They don't have anyone other than him right now that's uh, capable of making a play when you need it. Over the last two weeks, only Justin Jefferson, with 346 yards, has more yards from scrimmage than Derrick Henry in the NFL. And the Titans are losing both games because no one else is there to supplement what they're doing. You know, the Vikings have Adam Thielen that can get you an 18-yard catch over the middle. If you want to double Jefferson, well, if you want to load the box against the Titans, there's no one on the outside that's beating man-to-man man, man coverage. And the puzzling thing about everything with me, if you just run Derrick Henry against the Chargers, he's going to get you yards. Chad, he had 12 carries that gained at least four yards. That's the most since the Houston game. The last three weeks, he's had just 15 carries of four or more combined. And he had 12 against the Chargers. Once the Titans got the ball inside the Chargers 30, he should have been handed the ball on first and second down. And... That was not the case, and that's the pub, the puzzling part of this is when it's most obvious against defenses that are going to allow the yards, Henry is not, either not on the field or not getting the football. It's been bad. Titans fans hope it gets better on Saturday against the Houston Texans. They're going to need for that to happen. We don't need for any Tennessee Vols talk because we got the man, Austin Price, fallquest.com, on three sports. He joins us next to break down the Vols' preparation for the Orange Bowl 
and talk recruiting. This is the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. The best Vols coverage from the site of record. Vols Quest Austin Price joins the Tennessee Power Hour next. Cheers, huh? Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey and Nelson Brothers bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Four today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And happy football season. Hey, it's Hutton. Get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at Edley's Barbecue. You've got options. Wings in 25 or 50 count platters. Smoked pulled pork. The best brisket. Tender turkey. And scratch made sides family style. Edley's is perfect on game day or for take home. Edley's Barbecue smokes all meats low and slow. And all sides are classic family recipes. Fresh every day. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville style barbecue. Edley's Barbecue. Order at Edley'sBBQ.com. Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow return with more of the Tennessee Power Hour in two minutes. This is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. The Tennessee Power Hour rolls on. We are powered by OutKick and served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey with Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton. We switch gears from Titans to now Vols, and we have one of our favorite guests on the program, Austin Price, VolQuest.com, friend of the show and friend of all Tennessee Vols fans across this great state of Tennessee. AP, how are you, man? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? Excellent. Merry, uh, Merry Christmas. I, I should have said yeah, that would, from the jump. I would describe Austin as a man who is a friend of anyone who loves Christmas yes. also. Exactly. How many trees do you have up in your home right now? Just, well, real, real, I mean, like realistic trees too. Now I've got a couple of, <laughs> you know, kind of skinny trees that are in corners that just kind of provide ambiance and atmosphere. Of but course. Like they're yes. not decorated with, you know, all the trimmings. So Austin, uh, Tell us about, I'm going to try to pronounce this correctly, and you're probably going to uh, correct me on this. Andre Carrick, the Texas transfer at right tackle. Did I screw it up? That's what I'm going with. Nice. All right. Tell tell us about Tennessee's uh, latest addition in the transfer portal at tackle. Yeah, you know, they they had Andre on uh, Monday and, you know, really solid player. Um, Lost his job at Texas. Uh, You know, I think that he'll be a force more at guard than at tackle. Um, can play tackle, but I think can ultimately slide inside and play guard. To me, he kind of presents as a right tackle or a guard, um, you know, and then we'll see if Tennessee's able to figure something out with left tackle. You know, they're going to miss, you know, you know, Darnell Wright, you know, pretty big next year. The question is, is, is it a free fall at tackle or is it, you know, falling down a couple of steps? <laughs> because falling down a couple of steps, you don't get hurt. You free fall. And, and, you know, that's, that's when, you know, you, you feel the pain. So, you know, I, I think, you know, what does Tennessee do with the rest of this, you know, class, at, you know, whether it be transfers at tackle, you know, John Campbell from Miami is one that I think that, you know, Tennessee would like to be involved with. We'll see, you know, if they're able to, you know, get deep in that one and if he visits in the month of January. 
So let, let's get into some of the opt-out decisions for Tennessee. Um, famously, Bama doesn't have a single player opting out, uh, which surprised me when I saw that. Both Tennessee opt-outs don't really surprise me, but it did surprise me a bit when Jalen Hyatt announces an NIL deal with Hyatt Hotels about sending families down to the Orange Bowl. And Hunt and I looked at each other and said, oh, well, he's going to play in the Orange Bowl and then probably go pro. And then shortly after that, he announces that he's not going to play in the Orange Bowl. Did that surprise you at all, Austin? Not at all. Um, You know, I think that was a family decision. And I think that they saw the risks were just a little bit greater than the reward. Um, And... You know, uh, again, I think they really enjoyed their time here. I think, you know, Jalen loves Tennessee, will be fondly remembered forever, will be a Tennessee legend forever. Um, his five-touchdown game ain't going to be touched. I mean, if some yeah. other if some other kid just, you know, goes into dream mode and gets to five and ties him, I, no, no one will ever get to six. That's never going to be touched. I mean, I, I can pretty confidently sit here and say, you know, that's, that's just not going to happen. Um, it, it just doesn't happen because, you know, that was so rare. It was such a, a dream performance from Jalen. So he's going to go down as a legend forever. Uh, people will be replaying those touchdowns 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 40 years from now, just like they do play number one for Joey Kent. And uh, ironically, they both wore 11. And so just um, special, magical season for him. And then, you know, Cedric Tillman was banged up the whole year. That, uh, the Jalen loss, far greater than the Cedric Tillman loss. And that's not diminishing Cedric Tillman because he's phenomenal. But they had learned to play without him this year. They've not had to really play without Jalen Hyatt this year. So they're going to have to do that in the Orange Bowl. And so you have two of your three. Brew's going to be back. Ramel Keaton's basically been a pseudo-starter in Sed's place most of the year. So two of your three that you've counted on all year are going to play. So you're really just replacing Hyatt. It's just a massive replacement. And and while Squirrel White represents a speed element that is so good, He's not Jalen Hyatt yet. You know, Jalen Hyatt, you know, is is you know burst onto the scene this year and and had an unbelievable buy-in this offseason. And so they'll have to figure some things out um creatively to replace number eleven. And Darnell Wright opting in to the bowl game. He's not going to use that last year of eligibility, but that's a big boost for Tennessee on the offensive line, Austin. It is for this game. You're exactly right, Chad. It's a huge boost for this game. Um, and, and, you know, kudos to him. He, he just loves Tennessee, loves everything about competing, uh, wanted another shot to play with Cooper, um, who is his good buddy. And uh, I just don't think that Darnell has it in his DNA to think about opting out. And, and that's not knocking any kid that does. I mean, we all understand, you know, there's the Jalen Smiths of the world from Notre Dame or Matt Corral last year in the Sugar Bowl um, for Ole Miss. Like, you know, it, no one knocks you for playing and no one should knock you for not playing. Um, you know, these bowls are kind of like recruiting. You don't get a kid. It's because, well, you know, that, that the team bought him with NIL. If you do get a kid, it's because of relationships and you guys are just, I mean, the best recruiters. Same thing here. If you lose, ah, it's a bowl game. If you win, man, it's the greatest game that's ever played. So, I mean, like it, depending on what happens, that'll be the kind of the pitch from either side. And so, you know, I, I think for, you know, for Darnell, I think having him out there for one last go around was big for Ellerby. And I think he wanted to be, you know, play for Glenn. Those two are super tight and super close. And I think that's a big reason why uh, Darnell is going to play one last game in Orange. Austin Price with us on the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. I'm with you on what the coaches and programs will be saying, win or lose there. Um, but behind the scenes, how much of this is a, a true preview of what the Vols will be working with next season? How much stock will we put into how they look against Clemson? Well, I mean, if you put a whole lot of stock into the Music City Bowl last year, you wouldn't have saw a 10-2. and two. And so, I mean, I don't think you can put a lot of stock in anything. Now, what you can put a little bit of stock in is Joe Milton. You know, you want Joe to perform well. If Joe struggles and has bad numbers and all that, you know, it, it doesn't define him, you know, but it, it definitely creates the narrative um, that's already kind of there from the overthrows a year ago. You, you you saw some improvement this year. Now, the Vanderbilt game, it was, you know, terrible conditions and raining. And, you know, I, at some point, I just think like Tennessee, like they what, they throw like eight straight deep balls. I mean, like they weren't even trying to do anything different. They're not going to, they didn't run him in that game. I think they'll run him in this Orange Bowl. Um, you know, more than, than, you know, the normal. So, you know, I, I think, you know, you can learn about certain players. I'm not sure you learned anything about the team heading into next year 
based off of one football game. Is there an immediate need for this team right now, whether it be one of these early enrollee players that's on campus right now in Knoxville or a transfer that they need to add to this roster? That if, if you're looking at, again, it's a far off now for next season, but that right now they, they desperately need this on their roster, whether it be a transfer or someone that needs to develop in that class. Yeah, they need corners. They need tackles. Um, you know, they need receivers. <laughs> what's the top? What's the top one? I'm saying because they got a tackle from Texas or, or possibly a guard. But uh, I'm not going to call him spot. a tackle though. Um, yeah. I, you know, I still think it's tackle. You know, I think ultimately you want to protect Joe. Um, you know, you got to sure up the offensive line as as best need be. Um, I'm sure some some others might say corner. Um, you know, just to get help in the secondary. Uh, but I'll go tackle with corner number two. Are they not hitting the portal for a, a quarterback? No, I. You have to remember now, if you believe Joe Milton is going to be your guy heading into next year, and I think that is the current belief on this team, then no no, no transfers coming in here to play behind Joe, and no transfer is coming in here with Nico here. And you know, that's where it'll get interesting. Let's say you know Joe's the guy, right? Nico's obviously not going anywhere. And then Taven decides after spring, let's say he goes through spring ball, Decides, you know, man, I'm probably not going to play here. They've already got Nico ahead of me on the depth chart, blah, blah, blah. And Taven leaves. What's Tennessee do? Because what quarterbacks will be willing to come in here just as, a, you know, depth? You know, I mean, quarterbacks just don't do that. You know, very few. And so, you know, I'd be interested to kind of see how this plays out from a depth standpoint. Um, Gaston Moore becomes more and more valuable by the day. Um, and again, I think he'll be the number two in the Orange Bowl because Taven Jackson, you know, while is practicing, isn't, you know, I wouldn't call him just fully, fully healed. I mean, you, those rebreaks happen all the time with collarbones. He's probably best off to kind of rest it and be the emergency number three. And I, and I honestly think had Gaston Moore played against Vanderbilt, Tennessee still would have won the game very similarly than, uh, than they did uh, on that November night. Austin got about a minute left, but what do you expect Tennessee to do? with their offensive coordinator vacancy. Is this a promote someone from within the program or look outside the program for the next OC? Josh Heupel is your offensive coordinator. Um, I think that you know he could give the title to Joey Halsley. Um, and, and I think ultimately they just hire a tight ends coach who uh, is experienced in game planning and can help you know learn this thing and build it and go out there and recruit. Austin Price, VolQuest.com. Vols fan or not, if you could be a college football fan, it's a site packed with information. Austin always brings it as well as Brent and the entire crew. Oh, Merry Christmas to you, Austin, once again. And I know it's always Christmas season in the Price household. You too, guys. Have a great one. There's Austin Price. Again, VolQuest.com, the website, on three sports. Uh, Chad, when we come back, let's pick up there where Austin left off with the offensive coordinator discussion. It is the Tennessee Power Hour. More Vols discussion on the other side. Presented by Nelson's Greenbrier, Tennessee Whiskey. From the Hockey Tonks to Rocky Top, the Tennessee Power Hour continues next. Cheers, Hut. Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hey, it's Hutton. Get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at Edley's Barbecue. You've got options, wings and 25 or 50 count platters, smoke pulled pork, the best brisket, tender turkey, and scratch-made sides family style. Edley's is perfect on game day or for take-home. Edley's Barbecue smokes all meats low and slow, and all sides are classic family recipes, fresh every day. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. 
Nashville-style barbecue, Edley's Barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends. Because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And And happy happy football season. season. Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow return with more of the Tennessee Power Hour in two minutes. This is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. The Tennessee Power Hour, wrapping up with more balls discussion here on uh, the Christmas week edition of the Power Hour. Glad everyone's been with us throughout the the football season. Uh, We'll be going through uh, the NFL season as well, and we'll figure out how long these these Titans will, well, if they even make the playoffs at this point, how long they'll be in. Presented each week by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. And uh, we'll pick up where Austin Price left off, discussing offensive coordinator. We'll also discuss Joe Milton. But right now, Chad, tell us about our great friends at Regal Realty Group. Oh, it's the most wonderful time of the year, Hutton. And it may not be that time of year where you're going to buy or sell your home over the holiday season, but you may be looking at an early 2023 sell, maybe looking to buy somewhere. Go to my buddies at Regal Realty Group. I'm pumped up that they've partnered with us on the Tennessee Power Hour. I've known Richard and Hunter for a long time at Regal Realty Group. It's really simple. Richard, Hunter, their agents at Regal Realty Group, they're good people. They want to partner with good people. They want them in their network. And they're going to make the process very easy for you. So if 2023 is that year you're going to buy or sell a house, Regal Realty Group will help you from contract to closing and everything in between. Let them do the heavy lifting and make it easy on you. Hit them up at RegalRG.com. Chad, Austin was definitive there that, that Josh Heupel is our offensive coordinator, is the way he, he phrased it, with elevating someone maybe even by title underneath him. But uh, this has been the Heupel offense anyway. What do you make of not naming the OC and having the next guy there like we've had with the, the Heupel regime thus far, even though we've always referred to this as the Heupel offense? So the moment that Alex Golish left, I, I thought – just promote Joey Halsley, uh-huh. the quarterback coach, who's been with Heupel since Heupel was offensive coordinator at Oklahoma, and he was a quarterback at Oklahoma for the Sooners. It's Heupel's offense. Now, they're pretty catty about who calls what and yeah. what's going on because even Alex Golish was asked about it at his press conference at USF. He said, I call the plays. You know, Josh will have input on what we're doing or what we're going to run, but, you know, it's a process where we're all talking about the plays. However you want to put it, I'm not trying to take anything away from Goalish or give Heupel too much praise on the play calling, but it's his offense. He's the one who's you know modified it from the air raid and the Art Brile system and taken a lot of different things, and he's crafted this fast-paced, fast-break offense. So just hire someone from within. I don't know why you would look outside the family for an offensive coordinator if offense is working to this level. I agree. So promote Halsley, continue to be the overseer of the offense for Heupel. Let Halsley get some experience game planning, calling play some also within the offense. Going to give him a chance to be a launching point to be a head coach like Alex Golish if the offense continues to have this level of success. That seems to me to be the easy play. And then, like Austin said, you can go hire a tight ends coach from somewhere else that's a good recruiter that can fit in with your staff. Think about this, too. With the way the offense is playing and the way it executes, and I'm judging this on Hendon Hooker running this offense. I should preface this. But Heupel has set up a a spot now where we can legitimately, a decade from now, see a Heupel coaching tree across college football because it's going to garner the attention of other colleges. And then those head coaches that, well, those uh, offensive coordinators that become head coaches at a certain level, they then elevate up the food chain of college football. And then I think we could see several of these guys. Halsley is in a great spot based on this, even though, like, like Boston's saying, it's Heupel who's the offensive coordinator. 
Well, it's funny, you know, talking about the Hypel coaching tree because I think of Hypel as a, a branch of the Mike Leach coaching tree because he played quarterback for Leach. I think many others would probably say, no, it's a Stoops coaching tree because he coached. He, Stoops is the head coach yeah. when he was there, but coached for Stoops for more years than that. So, you know, six and one half dozen the other about what tree Hypel belongs to, but I, I'm with you. Alex Golish now, head coach at USF. USF. I think Joey Halsley could be the next. Could be other position coaches offensively that's going to get an opportunity. Um, so this could develop into something that's very beneficial for Tennessee to go get top-level assistants to come coach with Josh Heupel because they know it could turn to a head coaching opportunity very soon. Joe Milton, we don't know what he's going to look like against Clemson. He's had a ton of bowl preparation. It's a big moment for him to ease a lot of doubters who are saying, well, there needs to be a better option, another veteran option with Joe Milton going into next season to pick up where you've left off in a potential 10 or 11 win season. That being said, Austin's just told us, hey, they're, they're not looking at quarterback in the portal because they've got their group that's either there or will be there. Uh, and I guess Nico's already there too. Point yeah. being, uh, Joe Milton's the guy based on everything that, that Austin's hearing, everything that Brent, every, everything that we've read. What do you do if he's bad? What do you do if he's bad against so, Clemson? Let's play a little best case, worst case here. Best case, Joe Milton performs well, win or lose. Yeah. Looks good against a really good Clemson defense. Offense looks like a Tennessee offense under Josh Heupel. Puts up a bunch of points. Runs the ball well. Throws the ball well. Not perfect, but really good in, in a game against Clemson and one of the top defense in the country. Then he goes on to next year, unquestioned starter throughout the offseason, takes a leadership role. Tennessee rolls right along and wins you know, 9, 10, 11 games again next year with that offense. That's the best case. Worst case, Joe Milton looks like he did against Pitt a year ago. Looks like he, he did at times in the Vandy game, overthrowing targets, sure. not being completely accurate. Still shows that good arm, but doesn't look like the guy. Then you got to go to Nico Yamaleava quicker than you want. Best case also in this is that Nico can sit for a year, play in spot duty in, in his second year as a either sophomore or redshirt freshman. Doesn't matter because if he's as good as everyone says, he's gone three years removed from high school regardless of his class. But then he can sit, learn, be the starter in 2024. Hutton, if Milton is not good, I really think you just got to go with Nico and see what you have there. Because the season's probably not going to be the win total you want by the time you realize Milton's not that good. And you got to go with the five-star freshman. But that's not ideal. I'm with you in that you got to at least explore a a quarterback transfer. But the problem is you're not going to get one of the top guys. right? Because of the situation with a five-star with Milton, you're going to get a depth guy that maybe started somewhere else. That could start in a pinch. But here's the here's my only issue with them waiting to see how it goes. I think the reality is he is. Uh, we're going to see a Joe Milton who's somewhat of both examples. Yeah, where you're going to get a mix. He's going to look great really at good times and then and yep. really bad. And the question is, do, if you come out of it really with the same feel that I have right now, what good does it do to go through the off season where he's the leader and he's the unquestioned starter? If you still feel like and I'm not sure one game could really sway either way, but a great performance certainly would quiet me down. Yeah. Um, well, against what a, do you do if it's a mix like it was against Vandy? Yeah, against you know uh, uh, outside of Georgia. Yeah, against and, the defense and, and maybe Alabama. You know, the second or third best defense you faced all year. Yeah, he would do it against. Um, I mean, what Joe Milton needs to be is a more consistent Anthony Richardson. That's who he is physically. He can yeah. be that guy and be even better. Than Richardson, but we saw the inaccuracy with Richardson game to game. He didn't quite know. Now, I don't think Richardson's supporting cast is as good as Tennessee's will be a year from now in that offense. But he's got to find some consistency. Again, best case scenario is he's got a great year statistically and he's an NFL draft pick after this year. Worst case, though, which is in the back of the minds of every Tennessee fan, he looks more like he's looked all along, and you're going to have questions all offseason about what he's going to be. And then fans are going to start clamoring. We've already, hey, the photos are like this a Pruder film of him at practice when Nico is there warming up inside the indoor facility already on campus practicing with Tennessee. The kid looks the part, I too. Love that. And they're both huge. 
when you see them standing side, but they're legit six foot six, both these quarterbacks. So people are going to want Nico sooner rather than later. Chad, give us a uh, one minute synopsis on the Vols basketball team right now, where you think they are most recently with the, the weekend loss. Yeah, I, first off, if there's a good loss in college basketball, that was it. They went to Tucson and it was a war against Arizona, two top 10 teams without Josiah Jordan James. Tennessee's probably going to have to factor in Josiah Jordan James. It's a bonus if he can play. That knee issue is not going away. He's had complications from an offseason problem. Um, so that's just going to be a bonus. But without their leading score, without one of their leaders, Tennessee sitting at 9-2, and 8th in the country in the AP, top defensive team by Ken Palm, defensive efficiency rankings. This is a very good team with a lot of possibilities with a lineup. Um, they've got a lot of different things they can do. So the good news for Rick Barnes is, even without Josiah Jordan-James, I don't think there's one specific route they have to success. I think Jemai Meshack, Jonas Idu, um, uh, Euros Plavsic, those guys are so interchangeable at different spots. You could see a number of different lineups. Tyreek Key, another good example. They've got some roster flexibility where they're going to be a contender in the SEC once again. Coming up next week, we'll be recapping the Titans' performance against the Houston Texans and looking ahead to their matchup against the Cowboys. We'll also continue our Vols discussion in preparation for the Clemson Tigers. The Tennessee Power Hour, presented by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. We wish you a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. For Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for tuning in. Cheers, Hunt. Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to greenbriardistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey and Nelson Brothers bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hey, it's Hutton. If you're in need of catering from big events to your weekend family gathering, my friends at Edley's Barbecue have you covered. They've been voted Nashville's best barbecue four years in a row, but I've vouched for their Nashville-style barbecue far longer. From corporate meetings to box lunches to weddings, rehearsal dinners, and holiday gatherings, your neighborhood Edley's Barbecue location is where to turn. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue, Edley's Barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com.